yellowy, dark amber, mm. like sort of hoppy, mm-hmm. yeasty soup yeah. that people call a drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't taste great. I think I think people just gotten uh, used to the um, like the hoppy taste. Yeah. It was like, okay, this taste, and then in their mind, it's like okay, they associated with getting fucked up. So right. it's like they're like, oh no, this tastes good to me, but they're really thinking, oh, this is gonna get me fucked up. Yeah, because it has that strong nasty taste. So whatever. It's an evolutionary it. thing yeah. just passed on yeah. alcoholism throughout generations. Yeah, like same thing <laughs> with like with wine. It has an acquired taste. Like no, bitch, this shit's nasty. No, I, I like one. Yeah, I mean, I like it too, yeah. but I'm saying because it gets you drunk. You know, it does, it fucks you up, but it's just yeah. like the things that taste good, like a sugary sweet drink, that's going to actually taste good. It's appealing across the board. But like something like a beer, it's like it's acquired yeah, taste, so it'll get you fucked up. Same thing like with the wine, it's like it's not going to taste necessarily great. If I gave like uh, my, my daughter some wine, she'd be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, this doesn't man. taste good. It's like it just doesn't that's taste true. good universally across the board. A good Cabernet Sauvignon, though. Oh, y'all that's, dr- that's be fucking good. I'll drink a whole like bottle a nice of that. Steak. Mm. Merlot is my thing with the steak. Love Merlot. Merlot is pretty good with steak. I mm. like the cap because it's just a little bit sweeter. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Fucking Play Podcast, everybody. My name is Ryan Rashid, and I'm here with Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about uh, fucking Boogie Nights. Boogie uh, Nights. Matt Damon. Matt but Damon's in <laughs> Boogie Nights, yes. <laughs> but before we do any of that, uh, you know, we, we, we're already talking. That fucking yeah. condiments. We're already here, yeah. Uh, what we have you been up, up to? Um, just seen uh, Black Clansman. Nice. What you just think? Just seen that. Um, this, the movie ran like. Uh, two and hours and twenty minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it's like you already know how I'm. Like I'm, I'm a fan of the ninety minute movie. I mm-hmm. want a movie that I'm there for an hour and a half, in and out. You know, but even though for what it is, I'm still giving like an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. It um, it almost gets a little I heavy for, for what it is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting, oh, for, okay, for, okay. for what for what this thing is. It gets a little heavy handed, preachy a bit. Shitless. But um, but that's kind of what Spike Lee's angle is. It's really much on brand for what Spike Lee does. He's not just trying to entertain you. He's trying to um, I don't want to say educate you, but just make you aware of uh, certain things that make are going it, on. Make you think of a thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like for for what for what he's going for and for how long it is, I still have to give it an eight out of ten. Like it's still a very very good movie. Yeah. No, I think uh. I think it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Oh, wow, nice. And we, we've had some pretty good movies this year, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I just love the filmmaking. I love the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I love the direction. Like, it was so genuinely funny. Oh, yes. Like, but not funny, like, joke funny. Like, like just cinematographically funny. Yeah. And then, like, the character performances were great. Mm-hmm. I loved it so fucking much. Denzel Washington's son... Like, throughout the entire movie, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but how much he sounds like his dad. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a reference for Denzel Washington in my brain. Yeah. So <laughs> I escaped that, thankfully. Like, like, I could just close my eyes and just hear Denzel talking the whole time. <laughs> like, I, I, every, while I'm watching the movie, like, I'm thinking about, like, him in his house, like, growing up with Denzel as his dad. And just, like, you have the same, like, speech pattern, mm-hmm. the way that you're speaking everything. I'm like, wow, bro. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was oh in the cast. John David Washington. Mm, yes, fantastic yeah. job. Very, very Adam good job. Mm. Adam that this is my favorite part of the movie, the uh, between Adam Driver and not gonna be able to think of the guy's name. He's the Klansman, uh, but not the lead Klansman, not Topher Grace. Felix. Uh it's Felix, not not the head Walter. guy. I think it's Walter. Walter, Walter is the head guy. Felix is a crazy fuck. Felix is the one that's married and they go to where um to the the older the lady and she has a C four. Yes. Felix. So, yeah, my favorite interactions were between Felix and Adam Driver's character. Like, that was the movie for me. Like, seeing them go back and forth and determining if he's actually a Jew or not, or if he, you know, if he's a true white American. <laughs> like, I, I love that part of the movie between the those fucking two. Fucking Jew detector test. What does yeah. that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. So I mean, I, I like to see Adam Driver get nominated for um for like a supporting actor in, yeah. uh, in this movie. It was really honestly, I, I think my favorite part of the movie was was the dynamic between Driver and Washington. Oh, those two. Okay. I yeah. think they had a super fun dynamic. Definitely. It was like it, it was like a body cup movie that the cops mm-hmm. weren't on camera at the same time mm-hmm. for almost the entire movie. Yeah. And it, it was really fun. It was, it was. really fun. Oh, and yeah. I think I think I've only seen like a couple of Spike Lee movies. I think I've mm-hmm. seen Inside Man and Do the Right Thing. Yep. And like so far, it's my favorite of his. Okay. And I think it's like a really important movie to yes. have in oh, 2018, yeah. and mm-hmm. probably the best movie that I've or the best movie experience that I've had in 2018. Okay. Had a really great time watching it in theaters. Mm. And it was one of the few movies that, like, the movie happens and it's got comedic elements and you're laughing and then it has this really dramatic moment. Oh, that's him. And then the movie sort of lightens up again and then it just shows you footage of, like, 2017 elections yep. and Donald Trump. And Charlottesville and, and some just, of that. And everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a theater going from, like, laughing a lot mm-hmm. to immediately just being like, Jesus. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Spike Lee, that's my pick of the movie of the year for me so far. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where... Um, I don't know. It was, it was really good for me. I don't. I would have to like look at all the other movies I've seen this year, but plus, like, I haven't seen as many movies as you or Jonathan so far right. that's come out this year. But it's definitely up there for me. It's really good so yeah. far. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you've been watching? Um, watching uh, Animals. I've seen a show. Uh, there's a show on uh, HBO produced uh, by Mark and J. Duplass. Okay. They, uh, it's a show called Animals. It's an animated series. They're on season three right now. Interesting. It's on, uh, it's on HBO. So like I said, I didn't... It's, it, you, when, I, when I find something that's three seasons in that's actually seriously good, I'm like, what the, where the fuck have I been? Why has this not been recommended to me? Yeah. I'm recommending this to everyone right now. If you don't know about Animals, Mark and J. Duplass is a show about animals and their lives. So just like... like Cats. If you have a pair of cats in your house, yeah. and then as soon as a human is walk out of the house, now the show is about like the, cats. Story with the cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, yeah. It's, so, uh, I mean, it's a it's a two D animation or three D animation. Three D animation, yeah. Three D. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, it's not, it's not three D, it's not three D. That's two D. Okay. That's two cool. D. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's really good. Like seeing like just the um how cats or they're they're super cute and cuddly yeah. and they're all happy and everything, but they're also like violent killers, <laughs> you know, and just showing that aspect of them or looking at a life of an ant or the life of a caterpillar or the life of dogs, you know. Mark and J. Duplass have like really weird, mm-hmm. weird fucking sensibilities when they it do. comes to filmmaking. I oh, kinda yeah. love their whole philosophy. Me too. Yeah. Even though creep was a weird movie. <laughs> Oh, Creep. Oh, yeah, creep? yeah, yeah. Creep, Creep, and they have Creep 2 now. I haven't seen Creep 2. Yeah. I've only seen Creep fucking weird. I heard Creep 2 was good, really good. <laughs> what, you, you been you watching anything at all? Um, I, I did. The, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, I went with Jonathan to see a movie called The Summer of 84. The Summer of 84. That's yeah. when I was born. Summer of 84. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's about... It, it's by RKSSS. RKSS. There are three directors, and they have a combined name. Okay. And it's by Back Alley, which are the people that did, like, Turbo Kid and mm-hmm. a couple of other weird sort of 80s, 80s, 80s. Okay. fucking hype movies. And uh, it's about a whole group of kids that live in this neighborhood, and mm-hmm. they have a single neighbor who's a cop. Okay. And the main kid thinks that the cop is a serial killer. All right. And he decides to expose him with the help of his four friends. Mm-hmm. And it, it it sounds like a really basic, standard, fucking, like, 80s adventure film mm. that I was trying to ride off the hype of Stranger Things. Yeah. And Stranger Things may have helped it get the money that it needed in okay. order to exist. Yeah. 
Um, but I, by the end of the movie, it's like it just gets better the more that the movie happens. Okay. And uh, I really, really appreciated it. We saw it at Visart. Uh, they had a screening there. It was about 16 people, mm. uh, one of which was my old uh, writing teacher. Oh, wow. Uh, from UNCC. Yeah. And it was a great time. It was a great time. It was like 20 people sitting in a room watching a movie. And then I picked out three more movies to nice. watch from oh, yeah. Art. Yeah. And it was great. I fucking love that place. Uh, and all the employees are fantastic. You said the movie's called uh, Summer of 84? Summer of 84. Summer of 84, yeah. okay. It's it's do, it's running like it's running the circuit yeah. and film festivals and whatnot. Nice. It's an independent movie. Was the uh, police officer actually a serial killer? Uh, no, I'm not going to say. Oh, microphone. shit. Damn no, it. I'm not going to say microphone. <laughs> but the movie just got amazing. It nice. goes really well. Okay. Uh, super fun time. I expected just a normal 80s movie, and yeah. I, got, I walked away with like a really good experience. Nice. And... um. I've been watching Mindhunter again. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Fucking good show. Yep. I think the, the way Fincher directs mm-hmm. is amazing. And just renting movies here yeah. and there. Just like whatever random movies I have. Yeah. I watched a movie called 120 Days of Sodom. Of Sodom. Sodom. Was it like sex? Sodom? Like sodomy? Yeah, yeah. Like sodomy. Okay. It's, a, it's an Italian movie. It's in the Criterion Collection. Uh, I believe one of the more recent ads uh, restored... To 4K, whatever, it's a fucked up movie. Yeah. It's a horrible experience to mm. watch. I mean, for the that. The movie itself might be important cinematography, cinematographically. Yeah. Or like as art, mm. but it's fucking horrible to watch. It's a hard watch. Yeah. And if you're not in the, you're not the type of person that wants to learn about why something in particular got mm. the status that it did. Yeah. Stay away from it. You're going to hate it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it uh, mainly because it was recommended. And I wanted to know why a movie that everybody says is a really hard watch yeah. is so important in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. And I fucking hated everything that I saw. I, mean, okay. I, I thought it was, an, I thought it was a, like a well-put-together movie that I hated everything that happened in it. Is it like similar to the one that you uh, from last week that you seen the uh, avant-garde is very weird type no, thing? No. That uh, so the avant-garde I liked because it was avant-garde yeah. because it was so fucking out there. Mm. Um but this one it's kind of like in that line where it's just like they have all of the things that would make a traditional narrative mm. with all of the things that makes an avant-garde movie annoying, you know? Oh. So it, it's just kind of like and it's just movies for the sake of being sort of weird. Other performances are tilted. Yeah. They're shot really cheaply using film. Yeah. So we don't have a huge amount of angles and coverage. So everything's kind of like a wide shot and a two shot, which yeah. is really common with those movies. Yeah. Um, and the subject matter aims to like shock you rather than like communicate anything. Yeah. There's no real main character. No, I knew that. It's just like a group of kids that you really don't attach yourself with at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's got all of the, I think, all of the worst things of both types of movies so and not, some of the good things mm-hmm. of a good movie. So I'm not going to be seeing that. Uh, nope. But it is important culturally mm. because I think it sparked a conversation of, like, what is art when it comes to filmmaking? Yeah. So if you're into that, watch it. If you don't really want to waste an hour and a half. What's, what's the name of it again? It's called 120 Days of Sodom. 120 Days of it was Sodom. A, it was a book originally, mm. and then it turned into Salo, comma, 120 Days of Sodom. And that's the movie. Okay. Uh, it's in the criterion. Mm. Watch it if you want. Okay. Don't blame me if you hate it. All right. <laughs> and I've uh, been watching that. I've been watching a lot of, like, sexploitation 
kind of black exploitation type thing. Black exploitation? Mm-hmm. Uh, not black exploitation. Okay. They've, they've just been in individual parts of it. Okay. But like all of the vibes, like that vibe of movie, from okay. like the exploitation and the black exploitation era, I've been picking up like one or two of those every week now, and I'm okay. having a great time. All I'm right. having a great time. Hey. It's so unlike. Any other piece of cinema. It's so unapologetically its own thing. Okay, yeah. That I can't help but fucking love the balls that they had to just go against the system. And that era. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it's hard to get movies made like that in uh, today's climate, mm-hmm. you know, to have something that just is un- unashamedly exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoy going back seeing stuff like that. Yeah. I think the next one we're going to pick up is going to be the classic uh, Black Dynamite. Oh, Black Dynamite, yeah, yeah. Seen, yeah, that's that's great. I, I've I've seen parts of it, yeah. but I never dove into it. I saw the anime. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the anime was pretty fucking great. Yeah, the uh, black uh, black uh, black dynamite that came from um like they're basing it on the seventies, you mm-hmm. know, black exploitation stuff, but like brought into the two thousands, and <laughs> it's so good. Like they know exactly what they're trying to make fun of throughout it's the entire so movie. Funny. That's a good uh, one. He looked at me with his little Chinese eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he clearly says in Vietnam three times. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty uh, dope, though. Yeah, that's kind of all I've been doing. And I, I've been going to meetings like crazy. I'm, I, I, I'm casting my Mr. Clean mm-hmm. short, mm-hmm. which I think I got three really good leads. Okay. Uh, well, two leads and, like, one of the support. Yeah. Which is all those three guys just that I needed. Now I'm in the process of location. And uh, it's been going great. Nice. I have a contract being developed for a job somewhere. Okay. And then I have... I'm essentially running a team to like to make another short film that's mm-hmm. shooting in September as well but I'm not like directing. Okay. And uh, I've been just been just been fucking fucking busy and doing shit. And uh, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to be at Charlotte scene, you know that, that event at all if you heard of that? Uh-uh. It's like a fashion week thing. Okay. Uh pretty big, lots of sponsors, lots of people. Yeah. Going to be there at least one day. So yeah, I just been busy trying not to Die. Every Saturday, I just sleep. <laughs> have you um? Did you have a chance to see the um the new show on Netflix? Uh, Matt Groening, um, Disenchantment. Disenchantment. Yeah. I have not. I I watched the first five episodes. Um, actually, I watched a lot of it with my daughter, and it seems like more of the same. Of um, it seems very Futurama ish, and just change for fantasy rather than like a science sci-fi. fiction type thing. And it's not moving the the it's not moving the meter up anymore. But the only thing that's different is it seems like they're very conscious of like I said the social climate of today. Mm-hmm. So about um, as far as pronouns and uh, women in the workplace and just respect for women in general. I mean, it's just they they seem very conscious of that. So as far as moving like the 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 bar a little forward socially, yes, mm-hmm. they're there for that. But as far as animation style, like it's very similar to before. Their editing uh, choices I like a lot. You know, oh, I, I've, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm on Twitter a lot, and I now follow two of the editors that worked on Disenchantment nice. on Twitter, and I've heard them talk about the editing. Okay. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, yeah, the editing yeah. Is, is, is great. So, I mean, like, that's another thing. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit above something that I've seen from Futurama a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I wanted. I want, okay, I've seen The Simpsons, all right, now give me another notch. I've seen Futurama. That stepped it up a notch. So, I was hoping this one would, too. Mm-hmm. Socially, it kind of does. Editing-wise, it kind of does. But just for something that I, I'm not, I can't see myself watching Disenchantment all of season one, two, three, and four okay. as it currently stands. Interesting. You know, but... Am I one no, of those shows that develop a bigger story? Because when Futurama started, I wasn't a huge fan. Me neither. Um, so it might be one of those shows that develop its own. I think Futurama sold me the episode with Fry and the dog. 
Or when the dog dies. When um, the dog dies. Yeah. That's when Futurama told me, she was like, hey, we can be sad too. Mm. And she's like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully it picks up. We, I kind of want new nice. voices in animation. Yeah. Like nothing against Matt Groening, but I just kind of want the studio giants to like fuck off for a little bit. Yeah. And get new stuff. And they're, they're still just recycling old people that they have from Futurama. Like yeah. 80% of the cast is coming from Futurama. Right. They added a few other people, uh, notable people, but it's just, it's a lot of recycling. It's kind of like, hey, you used to have a job. Come yeah. get a job now. Yep. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I other than that, I don't think I've seen a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I've just been kind of living. Next thing. Anything else you gotta say? Oh, that's it. Alright, All right, sweet. Let's fucking talk about Boogie Nights. Boogie Yeah, that shit looked great. I am, in, I am all into that. Like, I thought it was just, like, a, a jack-off movie because uh, Bradley Cooper is really trying to, like, get into, deve- I mean, uh, directing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, now you're the star of the movie and you're singing, a country singer. I'm like, do I really got to go watch a movie to see you jack off and all over the screen? But when Lady, Ga- when I seen Lady Gaga in the trailer, I'm like, hold up, this might have some credibility to it. Yeah, yeah like, you know? I, I'm, I'm excited just to see Lady Gaga in the movie. I wish I wish that like now that she's gonna be doing movies, hopefully she'll be doing even more. I think she did a movie before this too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I would like to see her start using her actual name. Like, okay, you're Stephanie Germanata now. Like you don't have to be Lady Gaga for oh, yeah. everything. I mean, but, if that happens, yeah. it's gonna be like five years into the film career. I hope so. You know? yeah. It's like now she has like the brand recognition of yeah. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Because we so, know who Donald Glover is. You know, it doesn't have to yeah, just be yeah. child, I mean, uh, Childish Gambino. It's like, all right, right. We, we know both people. All right. No, I think I think it's going to happen when she gets notoriety for being... More than a singer. More than a singer. Yeah. Then she'll just be like, all right, well, I'm Lady Gaga on the albums, and I'm... Yeah. Child, Stephanie Germanata. You know, Stephanie yeah. Germanata on yeah. the movies. Uh, I don't know how Donald Glover handled that. Cause was he Childish Gambino before Community, or was he Donald Glover before Donald, He was Donald Glover first, and then when he was like, I'm a rapper now, but my rapper name is this, and a lot of people didn't know that it was the same person. It was like, Donald right. Glover is Childish Gambino? Then, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, glad you haven't shit yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy the coffee. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I did. My stomach isn't as much, but yeah, asshole yeah, definitely that's not. Always, that's why I'm now drinking English tea a yeah. lot. Just take it easy on the, on the good old stomach. Anyway. Yeah. Welcome back to the Film Site Podcast. We're talking uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Uh, let's see. This is a rated R movie that came out in 1997, listed as a drama slash com- comedy. It's a two-hour and 36-minute runtime. Uh, the rundown is, in San Fernando Valley in 1977, teenage busboy Eddie Adams, played by Mark Wahlberg, gets discovered by a porn director, Jack Horner, played by Burt Reynolds, who transfers, transforms him into an adult film sensation, Dirk Diggler. Brought into a supportive circle of friends, including fellow actors Amber Waves, played by Julianne Moore, Roller Girl, played by Heather Graham, and Reed Rothschild, played by John C. Riley, Dirk fulfills all of his ambitions, but a toxic combination of drugs, egotism, threatens to take him back down. Uh, so shout out to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, it's uh, the writer-director is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. You guys might know him from Magnolia. Punch Drunk Love. Most uh, recently, The Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Yeah. Uh, there Will Be Blood, Inherent Vice. Oh, fuck, he did There Will Be Blood? Oh, yeah. Nice. Inherent Vice, uh, The Master. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's done it. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's done some work. Um, it stars Louis Guzman as Maurice, Burt Reynolds as Jack Horner, Julianne Moore as Amber Waves, John C. Raleigh as Reed Rothschild, Don Cheadle as Buck, uh, Heather Graham as Roller Girl, Mark Wahlberg as Dirk Diggler, and William H. Macy as Little Bill. Little Bill. Um, Sorry, I got burpy now, yeah. too. Uh, movie's interesting. I think this is... I didn't know I, I 
Paul Thomas Anderson had done uh, There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. So I thought this was like the first Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I'd seen. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I like, I like, I mean, I like his filmmaking style. I mean, yeah. he's, he's one of the best filmmakers out there past, um, when you get to the generation of like um, Spielberg, um, mm-hmm. what's, what's the guy that did the uh, George Lucas, um, a lot of the older guys, mm-hmm. um, Martin Scorsese, those guys were there. It's like, those are kind of the guys that are really ushering themselves out. Mm-hmm. Then you got another wave of guys that are in their 30s and 40s, uh, like the Corn Brothers and like a Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, this is the collection of like 10 directors that are really doing it, doing it. Right. And their extras are heavily influenced by the great the ones before directors. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you can definitely tell in this movie there's a lot of, and, and we'll get to it more deeply, but there's a lot of inspiration drawn from mm. good fellows. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, cinematic references mm. to Scorsese. Oh, yes. We have Taxi Driver references. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, what was the... Raging Bull reference. Raging Bull well. references. Mm. We had the good fellows mm. in there. So, like, like, just, like, by virtue of all those tracking shots, you can yeah. tell that Scorsese... Yeah. Had his hand on fucking Anderson's brain. Yeah, Star Wars a lot during the dialogue. Yeah. So you know that he's a George Lucas fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the movie had come out in 1977, which is when the movie is set. Mm-hmm. So great little piece of world building to mm-hmm. like include that massive cultural milestone in a movie. Yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, fucking yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, I, so I have mixed feelings about this movie. Because mm-hmm. right? I, I, I really did love... The, cinema, the like the cinematography. Oh yeah, I thought Paul Thomas Anderson did a great job. The lighting oh, yeah. was gorgeous. Oh, yes. The editing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the style of the movie, although very subdued, mm-hmm. is definitely there as its own style. Oh yeah, um, the acting as well. I mean, the you got top notch acting. Oh my god, it goodness. is an amazing cast of people. Yeah, I think the person that I would call the say, sort of the least recognizable in terms of acting there, mm-hmm. I would say it's Mark Wahlberg. Mm. And he outshines a lot of people in this movie just by being good. Yeah. And so, like, that's a good way to put how stellar the cast is. What, um, what's surprising about that, like, now that you say that, um, Mark Wahlberg wasn't supposed to be cast in it. Uh, really. Paul Thomas Anderson, because uh, it came out in uh, 97, and uh, they wanted, they, he actually wanted Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, shit. <laughs> he went for Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, DiCaprio said he hadn't really seen many things from Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. He wanted to work with him, but he had just gotten an offer for James Cameron to do some movie that was supposed to be huge oh, called yeah. Titanic. Oh, that little old thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm going to take this Titanic role. And um, he talked to Mark Wahlberg because he had just finished working on it with him on an ad for Calvin Klein. Right, Because yeah. he was selling the Calvin Klein underwear. He was like, well, I know this guy knows he was re- reliable and put him in the movie. And yeah, like I said, very surprising that this guy who hadn't really been in much uh, movies before that mm-hmm. came out and outshined a lot of talented actors. And and I think and I think part of what he outshined a lot of talented actors was because like the character that he played is right along the edges of mm-hmm. like what Mark Wahlberg is really good at doing. Very true. Uh, so not only that, but also he was on screen so much of the movie mm-hmm. that you tend to like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I think those are two of the main reasons why. He outshined a lot of people. Yeah. But also, he was just really good yeah. as Eddie... Um, Eddie... Eddie Adam. Yep. Uh, or I'm just going to call him Dirk. Dirk, uh, Dirk Diggler. Yeah, Dirk, yeah. <laughs> Dirk Diggler. Uh, I mean, his performance of Dirk Diggler was not only endearing, but it was relatable, mm. and you can understand very well how that character worked from the beginning of the movie to yeah. the end of the movie, Yeah. which is really great. It, it, uh, the movie was 45 minutes long. 
uh, 45 minutes. Like, yeah. it, it, let's see, it start. it's a two hours and 36 minutes. Yeah. So anything that's past 90 minutes is too long for me. You know, no, so it's yeah. like I'm an, I'm an hour and a half type guy. So I'm like, anything past that is just. For me, like, like definitely, like, the movie should have ended at two hours, in my opinion. I would I would prefer an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know. It's, just, it's just you know I've always I don't know it's like I, I can deal with a long movie. Mm-hmm. It's like but I just prefer a shorter movie. So yeah, um, this movie and any movie that's going past an hour and a half, mm-hmm. I would prefer get the message across in a shorter time yeah. frame. But I just don't get that all the time. It's, unfortunately, it's fun, but but it's one of those things that I mean like a, a movie can be three hours long and it can feel just right in terms of pacing. Okay, uh, and and it can it can fall like really well in what it did in that time code. Mm. But like some movies, either feel too long. Like a movie can be a hundred, like an hour and feel way too long, okay? Because um, it's about the pacing, mm-hmm. and I feel like the pacing in this movie could have just been condensed like forty-five minutes more, maybe, yeah. And then it would have just felt like the right length. But like about like two hours, and I was just like, ah, fuck it, I want to see, want to see the, want to see the end. I want to see the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See the credits. Uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's just like it, it's it, it just annoys me. Yeah. When that happens, but. The movie itself was good enough that those forty-five minutes didn't make me angry. Mm-hmm. They were just like, eh, it's too, like, too too long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just after an hour and a half. Like, yeah, but I'm saying, but yeah, I, I yeah. get what you're saying on that. The um, what what hooked me into it immediately is mm-hmm. when you see somebody that knows what they're doing. So it's like, I guess that's why I was like, I was like ready to stick it out. Like it could have been three hours. I still would have had the same argument about make it shorter. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't angry about how long it was, like you were saying, because I knew I was watching a movie from someone who knew what they were doing. The uh, the opener of the movie, we get a Warner that lasts two minutes and 15 seconds. And it's very reminiscent of the Goodfellas Warner. Oh, yeah. I mean, this thing is nice. It, it reminded me of Birdman as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that long Warner. So, I mean, it's just going into it and introducing character after character, you know, following, following with from the streets and into the nightclub, following Louis Guzman and then um, Burt Reynolds and uh, character after character. Then we stop. The last character stops on Mark Wahlberg, and that's where the, the Warner stops from there. But just I like just cinematography-wise how you were able to introduce character from character, just following, you know, them about their way and then slowly stopping on, on Mark Wahlberg. And in, a way that's, in a way that's really smooth mm-hmm. because not only did we introduce the characters but a lot of them don't talk for more than like two lines mm-hmm. so you don't really know who's going to be a main player yep. you just know that you've seen everybody's faces yeah. um and i and i like that a lot because um, some movies like to go the there, i think there's different approaches to like that introduction some movies like to do the one shot and then like clearly stay like all right who's this, who's this fucking guy is mm-hmm. kind of like goodfellas they with the narration yeah they would like walk to the club and have someone insignificant they were like just talk about a narration mm-hmm. or like they had their own inter intercut sequence and they're like the guy slicing the garlic yeah. or whatever. Um, that's Jimmy two times, you know, we call him that because it says everything two times. Yeah. I'm gonna go get the soda, get the soda. <laughs> <laughs> Those little great moments like that. Yeah. Or like, uh, what was the movie that we watched with, um, the kid, uh, Robert De Niro and, uh, uh Bronx Hill? Yeah. Bronx Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, like do you have that narration style? And yeah. I like that this movie borrows a lot. Mm-hmm. From those type of movies, yep. without ever, without using, with, with while using its own style, mm. you know, and like, uh, the, ah, it's a conversation. Hey, how you doing? Sit down, sit down. Uh, put me in a movie, whatever. And mm-hmm. then it just kind of keeps going like that. So you immediately kind of get a read of every character. I thought that was fucking. Cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And love uh, that shit. Yeah, and they they set it up through through visuals. Mm-hmm. The uh, the introduction of Burt Reynolds to 
um, Dirk Diggler, you mm -hmm. know, through just visual, they just making eye contact from across the, the club and him being interested, interested enough in some guy that he'd never seen before in the club, he goes back to the back and this is like one of my favorite exchanges in the entire movie because it introduces us to exactly the type of people both of them are. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting there talking for a minute and then uh, Dirk Diggler, who's still Eddie at this point, he hasn't mm -hmm. given himself the name. He was like, uh, so was it, uh, you want five or 10? <laughs> he was like, what? He was like, you know, five if you just want to see it, uh, 10 if you want to see me jerk off. <laughs> you know? yep. He was like, so it's like you immediately know that this is the kind of person that Eddie is. Like, no one said anything about sex or fucking or, you know, payment for any stuff like that. It was just yeah. like, nope, I'm in these situations pretty often. So if a guy's in a, in a room with me by myself, this is what this is about. Chances are, this is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I really, I really like that, you know, that, that part of it, just the introduction of the two. I like that we didn't, like, it took a little while for Eddie Adams to fall into Jack Horner's mm. corner of the world. Yeah. Um, I like that the movie didn't just, like, introduce them and just be like, and they made porn together. Mm. I like that it had a little bit of a struggle. Like, yeah. they were grooming him. They were doing a lot of the things that they usually do to new talent. Yeah. And uh, I like that because we're seeing it through the perspective of Eddie Adams, we don't necessarily recognize it as grooming but then we see it happen to the next guy to the next guy mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's just a pattern that mm -hmm. they do okay yeah. gotcha yeah. and I, that's that's really what i appreciate about this movie any other movie that would it's, it's weird because any other movie that would be about the porn in this, the porn industry mm -hmm. and about a guy that works in it yeah would have been gratuitous in Could terms be. of like sex rating mm -hmm. it would have just like made the sex way too much a part of the movie that's that's not that's something that i, I was reading the backstory about it that it was in r that mm -hmm. it was supposed to be an extra 25 minutes oh, longer Jesus. than it actually was but um the production company uh production house said they had to shave it down because they couldn't get a rated r release because of the sex scenes mm -hmm. so he ended up shaving down up to 20 some odd minutes of nothing but sex like i said Jesus that just Christ. would have been very <laughs> gratuitous to the point you know of that mm -hmm. so he shaved a lot of that down and had to do a lot of reshoots because he said um a lot of the dialogue was happening while the sex was happening right you know, so it was like had to reshoot a lot of that so yeah you you head on the nose with that yeah and and so like the idea that the scenes because it makes it gives the illusion that and i, and I read about this uh, somewhere in the internet in a review yeah um but it maintains the idea that it isn't the movie isn't about the sex it's mm -hmm. about the business of sex yeah so like sex is business and then everything else that happens is the interesting part yeah whereas in those type of movies it tends to be like everything else that happens is business and yeah. sex is the interesting part yeah uh so i really appreciated that because it, it, it gave even in the moments of like where they were having sex there were character moments yeah. and, er, and every line of dialogue revealed something about a character did something to a character mm -hmm. yada 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 did something for the story instead of just being like hey sex <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and 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 showing how these characters you know got to where they are is just not like some sex crazed guy who has a super huge dick mm -hmm. that wants to fuck everybody you know just because it's, it's showing, you know, his history of his mom and his, and his father and why he is the way that he is. They have uh, one thing where he's talking to his mom. It's like, you don't know what I can do. You don't know what I can do and what I'm going to do or what I'm going to be. I'm good. I have good things that you don't even know about. I'm going to be something I am, and you can't fucking tell me that I'm not. Right. You know, just having that, that whole time of just nobody believing in him, not having that support system behind him with his family and leaving the small town of where he's working in order to you know, make make something bigger of himself. Mm -hmm. You see something with uh, with Roller Girl who 
uh, the people in her school, they just try to, like, harass her like she's a whore or a slut and mm-hmm. uh, different things like that. And you don't understand, like, what her background is and why she is the way she is, why she never takes off those roller skates. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, you get to see something with her and Julianne Moore. And she's like, I'm go- are you my mother? Just tell me that I'm going to ask you for my mother and you just tell me that you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can really see that she's just, she's broken. Right. And she's not... She is just you really get to see the behind the scenes of what makes these people how they are and what their motivations are, mm-hmm. you know, for and their reasonings behind it more so than this is just a, some sex crazed person in the industry of sex, you know, like you were saying. Right, before, yeah. right. The, their circumstances why they ended up there. And I think it's interesting as an audience to get to see those. Yeah. My favorite moments in the film were the really dramatic moments, like the fight with Mark Wahlberg's mom. Mm. That was my favorite moment in the film. Mm. Uh, it's just like, having Eddie Adams sort of start breaking down and saying, like, there's something about the phrase, like, don't be mean to me. Mm. And the way Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg says it, it yeah. just fucking breaks my heart. Yeah. It just, I, like, I rewatched that scene twice. And I just, and I just fucking, it just made me sad. Yeah. It was such a good emotional moment. Very much. And the way Wahlberg played, it just made it land. Yeah. And then we sort we of, like, right after that moment, we got into this, long period of the movie where it's just like about him becoming Dirk Diggler. Yeah. And I always, I, I want to call him Dirk gently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. the detective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when he becomes Dirk, uh, Dirk Diggler mm. and then we sort of see him rise up to like the huge amount of fame that he has. Yeah. And then we see the collapse of him and the porn business. Mm. But in that, that really long rise to the peak, that emotional moment doesn't really happen again. Mm. It takes a long time for us to get anything that's related to that emotional spot. Yeah, oh yeah. And, like, I wish I could have had more of that, Mm. more of that drama. Because for a long time, I just watched a guy be good at something. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, all right, I could have gotten that in half the amount of time. Mm -hmm. But it was all entertaining, you know. And, like, all the editing was really fun, and the camera had a lot of energy, and sort of the movie started setting up its own punchlines mm-hmm. that would later become dark punchlines. Yes. Like very dark. Like Little Bill, uh, Little Bill's wife, who's oh, played by man. Nina Hartley, mm. um, who was a porn, an active porn star. Oh, was she? I, I yeah, didn't know she was. She's still active today. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, she doing grandma porn? Yeah, yeah. I can get into that. She's doing the whole grandma porn. Right. I've told you to look her up before. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, let me write it down. <laughs> Fuck me. Um... So it's played by Nina Hartley. And so, like, that happened three times, I think. Where And, like, the third time's obviously the last. Yeah. But I love the setup to that punchline where, like, Little Bill is such kind of like a pushover. Oh, yeah. That you can see him, like, fucking push all of that angry energy down. Just, yep. like, backing it and backing it and backing it until, like, it, it just fucking blows up. Yeah. Um. So I, I love the I, I love the focus on the supporting characters. Mm. When we're not focused on Mark, oh yeah, <coughs> I, think I mean, it hadn't handled very well. I mean, speaking of like a supporting <laughs> character, like Burt Reynolds' character, oh, I was so really much into just like just the plight of his his character or the plight of what the things that he wanted to do in the first place is um, something that I was talking about. And I when I first got into film school, I was like, as much porn as I watch, is there anybody that's out there trying to make like a grade A level like uh, porn? Mm-hmm. You know, is anybody trying to make that? And of course, I mean, I hadn't looked at enough porn because there's plenty of directors out there trying to do that, <laughs> you know. But um, there was actually a movie made about it, and that's 
what a Burt Reynolds character is trying to do. He wants to make a movie that just keeps you so engaged and you're so entertained by it that you're not just up and ready to turn the movie off by, after you bust a nut. Right. You know? I think yes. one of my favorite lines about that is him saying, like, I want the movie to be so engaging that they stay in their seat after they come and just fucking sit in it. They sit in it. <laughs> <laughs> they just have to sit in it because they they just want to see what happens when they get to the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movies that they were making were like pretty hilarious. You know, this is something that, that I really liked in the movie is um like how their treatment towards women mm-hmm. is um they were just out there. It's like, you better shut up before I punch you in the fucking mouth. Now tell me what I need to know. Yeah. I don't know. I know how to make you talk. And then starts licking her nipples. Yep. <laughs> so it's just a lot of like stuff like that that's... Um, and they address it later, but they're on they're on the news or something like that, and they're uh, they're asking them about it. Mm-hmm. It was like they say some of this stuff is uh, misogynistic and um, like violent towards women and uh, just very violent and, and, and things like that. And I, I just like that they were uh, Paul, Paul Thomas Evans just aware enough yeah. to understand like what this is and the climate that they're going into, and then it's going into the eighties. And I don't know, I, I really that's enjoyed a, that's that. That's another thing that I really really like at the movie because it's a period piece, but not only is it a seventies period mm-hmm. piece, we're in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, by the end of by the, the end movie. of it. So it, 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 the transition between decades is amazing. I mean, which is capitalized by um, William A. Little Bill's death. Mm-hmm. You know, going in from 79 to 80, they have the New Year's party, and it's just the last time he can see his wife get fucked by somebody else and just yeah. be demeaned again. Goes in, what is it, fires like three shots, you know, kills the guy and the uh, his wife, comes out to the party, you know, as they're doing the countdown to three, two, one, shoots himself in the mouth, you know, blows out against the wall. That's one of my favorite, like, suicide death mm-hmm. scenes since um, Burn After Reading, Brad Pitt, when he <laughs> shoot, blows his brains out in the closet. <laughs> it's very reminiscent for me of seeing that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... And like, uh, yeah. that was a great one. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic one yep. shot yep. of him walking into the house, seeing the wife, walking back, back to out. the car, yep. getting the gun, loading the gun while he's walking. Yep. And just, like, that, that, that suicide scene was fucking fantastic. Yes, it was. Right. Oh, I yeah. loved it so much. Uh, like the, if the if the movie didn't have those moments where like we're really focused on Burt Reynolds mm. or we're really focused on Scotty, yeah, or we're really focused on who's the other con, um, John C. Riley, yeah, oh yeah, um, Reed. Like if we weren't, yeah. if we didn't have moments in time where those characters become the focus of the story, mm. we would get so burnt out just on from one character. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, and and like that is a really good directorial decision, uh, to do that, and it's all, it also shows it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a taxi driver um, vibe to the whole thing because when you start out really innocent mm. with a character that's way, way out of that world mm. and then slowly interjecting him into that world and yeah. seeing how that corrupts him, yeah. it's got a very taxi driver arc where it's like we start with a guy that's just like dissatisfied and kind of crazy and then turns into this huge monster by the end of yeah. the day. Um, and a lot of his drugs too. I mean, it's yeah. like he he starts to go off the off the rails a little bit first, and then when he does cocaine for the first time, then you see him just the the wheels start falling off a little mm-hmm. bit faster. And by the by the end of it, he's um he's on crystal meth. Yep. Um, and they, they very they very um was like cavalierly they, they would say just like um slyly just barely put that in there. He was like, I know we're only doing key bumps, man. It's meth. He was like, no, I'm good. And then there's a whole fucking line. And he was it's like, what? fucking crystal. We're only doing bumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
fucking shit has got me fucking high, man. <laughs> you know, then he demands to go out there and fuck right now, yeah. immediately. Despite that, his dick can't get hard. And at that's that the, like the, the, the poetry of this right here, how it sets up from the beginning, like that first uh, meeting that he has with Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. and it was like $5 to see it, $10 for me to jerk off. Mm-hmm. And then we get him to the end of the movie, and he's down on his luck. He's, he's burnt his bridges. He's mm-hmm. fucked himself over. He's not able to get hard and jack off and come four or five and six times a day on command the way that he used to that made him a star he's back on the streets and a guy pulls up and he was like okay so it's um so what do you want to do and he's telling him twenty dollars for him to jack off and the guy says i only have ten and then mark Wahlberg's face is just like fuck like he's (laughs) back where he was 10 years ago jacking off for ten (laughs) dollars you know like threw away millions and millions and millions to go jack off in front of guys for 10 for 10 bucks and then he gets his ass kicked. (laughs) and then gets his ass kicked (laughs) which was a rough moment but it was intercut beautifully Mm -hmm. with because i I think that the trajectories of jack horner and uh, dirk diggler Mm -hmm. was the same trajectory just very different parts of it okay. you know what i'm saying so like like it's the same narrative arc where mm. like they they rise together and yeah. then they separate and then that separation causes them to spiral down mm. to the point where jack horner is beating a guy in the street um for saying that this movie suck anyway yeah because you can tell that everything took a toll on him because oh, he yeah. used to be a proper filmmaker yeah. he used to shoot on film yeah and then he had to downgrade so his pride took a hit mark Wahlberg's pride took a mm-hmm. hit and the way that that gets intercut with Mark Wahlberg getting his ass kicked and then Jack Reacher kicking the guy's ass. Yeah. It almost looks like Jack Horner, Jack Reacher, Jack Horner, <laughs> Jack Horner yeah. is, the, is the one that's beating that's up doing it. Matt Damon. Mm. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I really like that because yeah. like it's not, a lot, it's not often where I see movies that like are not afraid to just like throw some nice imagery over yeah. to their audience. Yeah. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson had a really great style with his editing. Oh, yeah. And then my favorite stylistic moment of the film was before he came up with the name, was they're sitting in the bathtub. Mm, and, they're, yep. and they're like, I just see, close my eyes, and I see a, I see a sign neon with green letters, and the sign explodes. And then before he says the name, it cuts to the black, and it's like, it's like a zoom in, because mm-hmm. of the black and white, Dirk Dick. <laughs> And it explodes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. I uh, um, yeah. I like that. Um, like we were saying, the the transition in times. Mm-hmm. And um, a guy was telling Jack Horner about the. He said, "This here is the future. Videotape tells the truth." And Jack Horner was like, "Wait a minute. You coming into my house, my party, to tell me about the future? The future is tape, videotape, not film. <laughs> that is amateurs and not professionals. Mm-hmm. I'm a filmmaker, which is why I will never make a movie yeah, on tape. Made. You know. So it's like he's in the '70s and he's just like not understanding. It's like this is just backwards. That doesn't make mm-hmm. sense at all. You want something that is lower quality, that looks worse, and people that can't act, just amateurs. He's like." no that'll never work i'm never gonna go about doing that and the guy's like pretty elegantly telling me was like hey i'm not trying to cause you any problems i'm trying to let you know where the future is at the only thing i care about is making a dollar and some sense you know so it's like if you're not willing to go in this direction to make this money then you're gonna fuck yourself and then he ultimately did and then he realized okay let me get with the time got a videotape and took roller girl out and this, I don't, I didn't look into this enough. I don't know if you caught this. Mm-hmm. All right, so when uh, Roller Girl, she is, she's at school, and um, she's taking a test, maybe it's an SAT or something mm-hmm. like that, and the guy's harassing her, like, doing the blowjob symbol with his mm-hmm. mouth thing. 
And then later in the movie, when she's in the um, in the limo and he has the, the the camcorder and he's about to perform, uh, see her have sex with a guy, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, I actually know you. We went to high school together. Mm-hmm. This is your real name." Same. It looked the guy looked the same. Was I this think it was the same guy? Same guy. That's what I'm yeah. thinking too. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, because I wouldn't have shown him on camera. He's, okay, he yeah. Especially Thomas Anderson. Everyone that's on camera showed up on camera yep. for a reason. Very pur- purposeful. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that this guy shows back up and just tries to really it's just nasty like the way just that like he the yeah yeah just the greater and try to humiliate her on mm-hmm. camera so yeah that that leads to that ass whooping you know that we're talking about is just i don't know very very well cut and the way that they led to those moments is really nice and and it, apart from being very well cut it's very well synchronized they mm-hmm. get kicked out of the truck at the same time they yep. get hit at the same time it's yep. gorgeous the score is oh, gorgeous. oh that score, score really man it's so good yeah um everything about the movie is like it's the sort of the the trailing marks of someone that knows exactly what they're doing to make a film. Oh man! And yes. someone that had a really good vision and how to make a film. Oh yeah. Uh, the my favorite thing is really the passage of time because mm. it does that thing that Train Spotting One does, mm. and like not Train Spotting One does, the, the ghost story does. For like, they cut to a scene and then they repeat the scene, mm. but it's a different time period. Yeah. And then they repeat the scene again, and it's a different different time, time period. period again. Yeah. And I love that in the scene where like. We learn that Mark Warburg's addicted to meth because yeah. it's it's what it really is is a montage. That is a montage sequence. Yeah, but it's done so well transitionally that it doesn't feel like one. Yeah, fucking love that shit. When like the dude enters with like a bag of coke, they close up on the bag. It's just like what took you so long? Then they repeat again. Yep, sure. Yeah. And then he gets angry about it. It's just like what the fuck? And yep. then like cut again. And then this time it's a bag of crystal. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, so this has just been slowly deteriorating yeah. the entire time. Yeah. And months have happened. And yep. it's like a great way to tell the audience. It's just like, listen, time's moving fast. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when the, it's going to be 1987 by yep. before you know it. Yeah. And uh, I think that suits well with the theme of the movie, which is like the rise and fall of somebody with yeah. the increase of time. And I love oh, yeah. it. I love it. I fucking love it. I like how they, um, how they tied all these characters back up for us. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you just introduce all these characters mm-hmm. and throw all of it out of us throw all of it at us and we don't really get to see the conclusion of these people's stories but right. we do like yeah, uh do. like don Cheadle, a buck yeah a buck um he goes in for a loan at the bank so he can get his hi-fi uh stereo um like store up and it was like nah bro you uh you make pornographic movies He's like man i'm an actor like i'm yeah. a legitimate actor and i have the money we filled out everything right it was like nope we're not going to be able to work with you and he gets into a um it's probably the would you say this is like the climax of the movie at uh, this point, with the, the shootout to where um, the three, three guys die? I'd say it's like Don Cheadle's... Don Cheadle's climax. World yeah, frame. Don Cheadle's yeah. climax. It's yeah. like Don Cheadle's Pulp Fiction moment. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in a diner, and uh, a guy comes in to, uh, to rob the diner, has a bag full of money. Uh, there's a patron that's sitting down there. He shoots the robber. Um, then the robber shoots... Yeah, he shoots the robber. The robber shoots him. It hits him in the chest. He falls back. Finger selling the trigger, he shoots by accident, kills the register guy. Kills the register guy. Yeah. John Sheetle's covered in the register guy's blood. Yep. The dead robber is there and the guy's face is on his pancakes. Yep. And there's a bag of money that comes from the store. Yep. And this is uh, and, and I thought for a second, oh fuck, this is the seventies. He can't really call the cops. Nah, he's going to jail. Yeah. Yep. It's just like So like for a second I was just like, what's that was like the one of the most tense parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like 
all right, well, what's going to happen? Because he lingers on that Yes, line they sit on it. For a really long mm-hmm. time. Like, that it's just to go through the decision-making, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his brain at this point. And then he notices the money, and then we close him the money, and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, he's opened up his record store. Yep. Which is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think all of the stories are very much With parallel that. to Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. but done in a way that's, like, relevant to each character, mm-hmm. and it only mirrors Mark Wahlberg's journey. Yeah. Luis yeah. Guzman, um, he he finally gets his nightclub that he yeah. wants, his own nightclub. He has his name up in lights on the side of the uh, the nightclub. They just spell his name wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as yeah. they will always do, yes. as a fellow Puerto Rican man, <laughs> I fucking get it. Yeah, <laughs> spelled his name completely wrong. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Guzman, we he, we have Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, roller skate girl. Roller skate girl, yeah. We have primordially Jack Hornus. Mm-hmm. And Reed and Scotty. Yeah. And, like, we see Reed and Scotty take kind of a backside to the whole thing. Yeah. But we see them in, like, really short snippets, them going through the life and, yeah. like, getting through it. And yeah. it's all so well-balanced because it gives you the feeling that all these characters are linked just by their job. But yeah. they have lives outside of each other, yep. which is really, really fun to yeah. look at. Yeah. And I, I think I think he handled that extremely, extremely well. It showed um Becky, I can't remember what her last name is, uh, the black actress. Burnett. Yeah, Becky Burnett, yeah, alliteration. She uh, they showed her <laughs> get married to uh, to Jerome. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I just like how we tied all that up. Really. And then like the passage of time with Dun Cheadle and the white chick too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They met at a party yep. and the next thing you know she's pregnant. Yeah. And, like he was like, Oh, we haven't been following these guys for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and mostly because we were for all that all that long time. That that's what okay. That's a way to put it. For all the long time that we spent with Mark Wahlberg mm. and the months we spend with him, yeah. the other characters evolve outside of that time. Yes. So we we don't see them evolving. We just see them having evolved. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's good. It's oh, good. Yeah. It's nice and nice. Yes. Nice and nice. I agree. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah. Recipes, bro. Yeah. 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 Fucking. I, I was like, you walked out of the car and I was just like, is that fucking Philip? Yeah. What year is this? <laughs> yeah. He looked really young, and John yeah. C. Riley looked amazingly yeah. young too. Yeah, and uh, I love seeing them. I think John C. Riley is an underrated actor. I agree. He's yeah. so fucking. He could do a lot. And like, he always plays this kind of dopey, fucking com- comedic guy. Yeah. But in here, he was he played like an angry sort of dopey guy, and it was yeah. really interesting yeah. to see him in there. Yeah. And uh, it was a good time. It was yes. a good time with for like I, I think the cast is honestly. What Amazing makes this cast. movie work yeah. so well? Oh yeah, I think if it had lesser actors, it would be a shit show. Maybe yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's all so no complex. It's all yeah. so complex in terms of character interactions and yep. relationships yep. that I think the fact that it had that good a cast really nails all the performances down. Yeah, and that's that's a very difficult job to go from doing uh, like actual good acting mm-hmm. to performing um, like porn acting because they <laughs> had to flip-flop to doing terrible acting on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, to actually acting good. So it's like... <laughs> the yeah. one really classic 70s shot mm-hmm. with him pointing the gun at the camera between mm-hmm. like steel girders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, shooting the gun. <laughs> that is my favorite like 70s B-movie shot of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the guy shooting at the camera yeah uh i loved all of those little touches and this is also a thing that a lot of movies do but a lot of movies kind of forget Mm. it's like for example we have the nice guys Mm. um 70s yep a lot of what they shoot is going to be in that sort of four by three aspect ratio Mm. like 35 millimeter 60 millimeter yeah sort of aspect ratio and so like every time there's a camera that's what we see we see that actual quality yeah uh a lot of movies think that that's that's it. That's fucking, how do you say, like, that's not important. Mm. But, like, it sells the time period so well. Yeah. If the camera that we're seeing, the universe through is, like, 
whatever normal camera we use today, but it, when when we see the characters watching a movie, yeah. it has to be the quality of the year yes. to iron it down. Yeah. And it's a small touch, and it's but every time I but every time a director does that, I immediately just go like, all right, he you know what you're doing. Yeah, he, yeah. Get, he gets he gets yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, super small touches, and I think this movie like really wins for me in the small touches. Nice. I think um, sort of giant overarching theme mm-hmm. it's about pride like the moment you let go of your pride you'll start to do better yeah every one of these characters succeeded when they didn't let their pride get to them yeah and then failed when it did and at the movie we see them all accepting their flaws and sort of becoming better people better people for you um, except for the child pornographer oh yeah yeah that happened yeah and they don't spend a lot of time on it nope because it's not part of the main story, but they want to let. But I think it serves a really important purpose of letting you know that the industry really the is. industry is like really sketchy and yeah. sort of gross. Yeah. Um, but like that was an interesting thing, and that's kind of the spiral of Jack Horn, like Jack Horner as well. Yeah. Because he no longer has money to make the film, nope. so he has to get a videotape. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think really nice touches. I don't know, also, like in terms of world building, like yeah. everything feels alive, nothing feels stale. Mm-hmm. The world seems to change along with these characters. The yeah. characters seem to interact with the world really well. Mm. Um, great. I think it's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Um, um, one out of ten. Um, I'm going to say on this one, um, because I love how the cinematography was. I love um, Paul Thomas Anderson and what he did with this movie. The acting was so very good. Um, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. But um, like it really could have been a nine easily. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, if some of the, the movie was condensed just a bit more, just to give me the uh, the enjoyment level of it, so mm-hmm. I can just have the experience of it in a shorter amount of time, then yeah, this is a nine. Like there's not much I can take off of it besides the fact of it's a little more difficult for me to enjoy because of the length of it. But right. still, for me, eight out of and ten. Like the length of it. Is like isn't as much of a problem because anything that happens in that length is like fun to watch, mm-hmm. but it is just forty minutes too long. Yes, yeah. long movie. Um, but uh, I had a great time. Oh, I yeah. had a great time watching it. I think so. You're giving it an eight. Eight. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I'm gonna go down to that. I think the movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Again, that length thing kind of bothers me. I would mm-hmm. like to see a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, but I respect Thomas Anderson as a director oh, man, so yes. much, and yeah. I, it's like. If he wants to do a timepiece at any time, he can do whatever. I mean, yes. the dude's fucking great at it. Oh, yeah. Great casting, great performances, great cinematography, great mm-hmm. editing, um, great stage design and yeah. everything. Everything was Lighting, oh, fantastic. my God. Lighting was so good. When he when he runs up against um, the new guy that's taking Mark Wahlberg's spot and Burt Reynolds in there, they're sitting mm-hmm. down in the, in the nightclub, and it's just red lights yeah. just glowing on him and having the conversation just like oh you can feel that energy oh yeah so good a very visual director very visual lighting and very subtle but poignant style yeah that i think signifies a uh, like a paul thomas anderson movie Mm -hmm. now that i've seen more than one of his films yeah uh i think i think he's fantastic and there will be blood is one of my favorite um dramas and i think um my second favorite daniel day lewis movie okay uh, the first one being Gangs of New York. Oh, no, right. Gangs of <laughs> I fucking love Gangs of New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, good movie. 7.5 yeah. out All of right. 10 for me. Hey. But uh, we're going to, I guess we're going to cut and then talk about uh, television and movie. Hey. What would you say was better, sleep or food? 
I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say food. Thank you. Yes, yeah, I had food. this argument with, with yeah. Tessa. She said sleep first, then food. I'm like, nope, food first, then sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Because then when you eat really well, mm-hmm. you can enjoy a really good sleep. But you can't eat well after you've slept. No. I don't think that's a thing. Not the thing. I, I always just get more exhausted after yep. eating. And then you just have to, if, if you sleep and then wake up and have a huge meal and you can't go back to sleep after that, then right. you're, you're just sitting on that. And that's kind of miserable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> miserable experience. <laughs> yeah. You can sit there full as fuck, sweating it out, breathing heavy and Having shit for hours. Sweat, just like, yeah like if you go to sleep if you just clonk out like then you don't have to sit there through all of that <laughs> you let your body handle all that well, I just like scare me <laughs> it's like going on autopilot it's like listen dude I fucked this I didn't fuck this I'm gonna go in and check out good luck with everything I just did fuck this up wake me up in six hours <laughs> when we can ha- where we can handle it emotionally together <laughs> what you gotta do this fucking asshole man this fucking guy <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, like, man. For some reason, I picture like a like a little New Yorkian in your stomach going mm-hmm. like this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah, food, food and sleep, food and sleep, absolutely. Oh yeah. It's like my favorite thing to do is eat way too much sushi mm-hmm. and then go to sleep. Yes, that is top fucking notch because yeah. it's all food that's like heavy mm-hmm. and it's just like you got the rice and mm-hmm. you got like this. Like nice, really fatty fucking fish, mm. and then you shove it all in your fucking face oh, like man. the fat fuck that you are, yeah. and then you just sit in it, I, and I like, then you pass it, you pass out where you fucking ate all of yes. it. Yes, mm. and it's mm. just a disaster area all around you because you can't like hide the evidence. Like you're right, too yeah. too tired for that. Like I like to do the same thing with a cereal, <laughs> like. Like with cereal, like I'll drink like half a gallon of milk and eat like an entire box of cereal yep. in like two super big bowls. Yep. And just like with the amount of food and I guess the dairy from the the milk, I mean the lac mm-hmm. the lactose, lactose yeah. yeah, inside of it, like the, all of that, like half a gallon of milk is gonna put you down. Half a gallon, yeah, half a gallon of milk. Mm. It's a shitload of milk. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah. do the same thing with mm. cocoa pebbles. Yeah. Just like a giant fucking bowl of cocoa pebbles. Yep. And they get soggier and oh, soggier yep. while you're you fucking eating them. them up even bigger. Just huge. like mm-hmm. sloshing around the bowl. Because yep. the bowl's too big. So you're yes. kind of like waddling this bowl of tsunami milk. Yes. Just like threatening to spill all over the carpet. Yeah. It's great. It's yes, fucking it is. great. I it recommend is. it. Me too. Cocoa Pebbles Bench. Let's do it. 10 out of 10. Let's not lose from the third book. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or heroin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this week in uh, television and movie premieres, uh, starting this Tuesday, August the 21st through Monday, August the 27th. Uh, short week on the two things on the list. Uh, the first one's Friday, August the 24th. That's my birthday. Be, uh, oh, fuck yeah. Turning 34 this year. Nice. 34 years old. You, you and my brother are roughly the same age. Yeah. You're two months younger not older than my brother okay yeah yeah no younger whatever that doesn't matter his nah. birthday in uh october his, his is july Ju- oh yeah okay yeah, well, yeah. yeah oh yeah uh but yeah this is a friday august the 24th bert kreischer secret time is a comedy special on netflix uh this guy is um he's a comedian his uh Isn't stuff is the fucking the machine guy the machine bert yeah. Kreischer? oh yeah. yeah yeah he's uh he's a very much an acquired taste 
Cause um, I fucking love him. Oh, I, I don't know if you would like him or not. I love him. You know, cause like he, he, I, I hear a lot of people say that he's still in that like bro culture lane no. to where he's too much too guy guy for some people. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, he's kind of just like a teddy bear. To me. It's like oh, yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, he's yeah, fucking precious. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't get like the the negative or like weird vibes from him. I just get like a guy that likes to have fun and take a shirt off, get drinks, and just have fun. You know, it's because he belongs to that long line of of comedy mm-hmm. that was based and edgy sort of pseudo races like the frat boy type yeah thing. like yeah. the frat boy humor yeah. he recites in that because he's always had that image yeah so people hate the image but they don't understand that he's just a really good storyteller yeah he is and like i've seen him he hosts a cooking show now yeah uh what's burning uh is it, is that it's what's called yes yeah, called what's burning nice and i also saw him host one where he went to roller coasters oh nice and just had fun in roller coasters yeah he's just fucking adorable he is like People, if people don't like his comedy because it is guy guy, yeah. that's one thing. But mm-hmm. the guy is a fucking sweetheart. He is. Yeah. He genuinely is. But yeah, he has his own podcast. Um, it's, it's really really good. But yeah, check out uh, Burt Kreischer's Secret Time. It's a comedy special on Netflix, Friday, August the twenty fourth. Uh, also, next... if you want to decide whether you like him or not, just mm-hmm. Google Burt Kreischer the Machine. Oh, the Machine. Arguably one of the best stories I've ever heard. Yes, I man. Burt Burt is like he has so many stories, like yeah. real life stories. Just this guy is crazy <laughs> with it. <laughs> But um, I would like to hang out with that guy. Same, That's the guy I like same. to hang I out with. I want to get to know him. Yeah. Let's invite him on the show. See if he can. <laughs> oh, yeah, he might. He might. Um, the next thing is uh, Sunday, August the 26th. It's America to Me. It's a documentary on stars at 9 p.m. Uh, the rundown is the latest documentary from Hoop Dreams director Steve James is a 10-part series that spends a full school year with a handful of black students and their parents and teachers at a large and diverse high school near Chicago. Uh, critics at the show's Sundance premiere in January found a lot to like in uh, the examination of race and education. Wasn't Hoop Dreams that basketball documentary, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the with the in the black school? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was um, listed as one of the greatest um, sports movies of all time. one of the greatest documentaries yeah. of all time. We, we, do we have the same class with Lon? We had yeah, watch we that? watched yeah. it in Lon's class. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about that film. Mm-hmm. It's fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, very very yeah. good. But yeah, this is his his follow up. Um, I, apparently, it took a, an entire school year, which is a lot less than what was it like mm-hmm. ten years he was following in Hoop Dreams. Something like that. it was a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one that he just followed for an entire school year and followed around in just an examination of race and education is in, that in Chicago. A um, it's just gonna it's just his documentary and it's gonna be on Stars on television. No, it's on Stars. It yeah. on television. Not yeah. Bad. But they uh, they did the premiere in Sundance, but a ten part series that's going to be on Sunday, August twenty sixth on the stars. Uh, that's it for television and movies. We got three movies coming out. Uh, the first one is the Happy Time Murders. It's rated R, a ninety one minute runtime. It's an action comedy crime mystery thriller. Uh, when the Muppet cast of an <laughs> 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 yep. Yep. I was like in my head, I was just like. It's a what? <laughs> this is the Muppet, right? Yep, this is the Muppet one. <laughs> the action comedy crime mystery thriller. Uh, when the Muppet cast of an 80s children's TV show began to get murdered one by one, a disgraced LAPD detective turned private eye puppet takes on the case. Uh, stars Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, and Maya Rudolph. Honestly, I'm all for it, man. Mm. I, like, I saw the trailer and like... Yeah. It gets ridiculous because that one scene where the puppet is coming everywhere for like 35 seconds. Yep. And they make the audience sit through all You're of it see that. in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, apart from that little indiscretion, mm. I'm all fucking for it. I, I want to say it so badly. I want to, it says directed by Brian Henson. Like, uh, he has to be some relation to Jim Henson. Has nice. to be something. Probably, yeah. You know, like, you're, you're doing Muppet stuff. Your last name is Henson. 
Like, that's the only connection I have. So, I mean, may, maybe. <laughs> you see, like, your board with, like, pictures and yard string? Yep. But it's just one? You have just, just one two string. pictures and just one, one string. string. <laughs> two pictures, one string. Like, same path, related question mark? Related question mark, same last name. Not spelled the same way, but sounds the same. And we see you in the corner going to dust, hands on your fist, roll the boss of people around you going, God damn it! And then, like, yep. throwing a glass at your wife. Yep. <laughs> It's like a good old French movie. (laughs) That would be so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, Fucking, I'm excited for this movie. I think I love when people realize that they kind of have to take the piss out of themselves Mm -hmm. and then make something silly. Yeah. And I love, this is is all... All, all, all of that it does, for me. Does Plus, like they it. have a scene where in the trailer where fucking Count Dracula, mm-hmm. Count, Count talk. What the fuck is his name? Dracula. The, the, um, the Count. The Count. The Count. Yeah, 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 the Count. He's like at a bar, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, can I get a one, ha, ha, two, ha, ha shots? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking kills me every yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, to count that shit off. Yeah, give him, give the Count his shots. <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh yeah. So I'm into people taking like. Ridiculous shit. Yeah. That's Fuck that's, that's ha- the Happy Time Murders. That's coming out this weekend. Check that one out. Uh, the next one is Support the Girls. It's a rated R 90-minute runtime comedy. Has an 86 meta score so far. Uh, the rundown is the general manager at a highway-side sports bar with curves has her incurable optimism and faith in her girls, her customers, and herself tested over the course of a long, strange day. Uh, stars Regina Hall, and the director is Andrew Butkowski. Interesting. I yeah. don't know who any of those are. I, I know Regina Hall. Um, I'm just surprised that a comedy has an 86 meta score, you know, so early. I mean, we're getting really good movies out yeah. this year. In terms of, like, comedy movies, I yeah. think people have sort of found the humor sweet spot. It seems to be so. Because, um, like, Blank Clansman held at all the right types oh, of Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next thing and last movie is uh, Replicas. It's a PG-13 crime mystery science fiction thriller. The rundown is a scientist becomes obsessed with bringing back his family members who died in a traffic accident. Uh, this is a Keanu Reeves movie. Ooh, I was ready to shit on it. Oh, I'm still shit Keanu. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I like Keanu in certain things, yeah. you know. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, the last, like, four movies that I've seen that had Keanu. Mm-hmm. Like, The Neon Demon, I hated that movie mm-hmm. passionately. Yeah. But Keanu was really good at it. Okay. <laughs> so I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with Keanu. I'll mm. watch anything Keanu pops out. I, I mean, I, I'm, nope, I'm not. Yeah. It's like I'll watch some things like uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He, they, like Nicolas Cage and Keanu Reeves remind me the, a bit of the same person. Not that they look one the same. One of them is just like kind of like the classier version of the other. I guess. Yeah. It's just like I, I just don't think that either one of them can play any other character. You're like, right. You, like in every single movie, Keanu Reeves is that, is that guy. Except is Bill it, and Todd. That's a pretty good Bill, one. Bill and Ted, he just, he's a little dumber yeah. <laughs> before. Like, but, but anything after that, like when he's like 25 and older, he is a, he's a lot more subdued and just calm, cool, collected, stoic character, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I see the same thing with uh, Nicolas Cage. But it's like, they're not bad. And whenever you cast him in the right role, mm-hmm. like I'm sucking John Wick's dick. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sucking the Matrix dick. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, on, on, the, I'm, on, the, I'm on the train. They, uh, they announced the trailer. Or, like, they did the announcement trailer for three, which is, like, literally 20 seconds of a shot. Yeah. And uh, my dick got hard. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I got so excited for that immediately. I can't I wait for that. I John Wick so me, much. Me I too. Surprising. I um, couldn't believe you. Yeah, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Uh, I, I like Keanu. I'll yeah. give it a shot just for Keanu. He's is nice. that it? That is it. You closed the computer real quick. Yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, things I forgot to mention in the opening, because mm-hmm. I have bad memory. All right. Um, 
we that short film that I did in Hillsborough mm-hmm. uh, got accepted to the Wreak Havoc Film Festival. Nice. Uh, Wreak Havoc, Wreak Havoc Horror Film Festival. Yeah. Um, so we're screening on September 21st Very and cool. 22nd. Uh, I think we're the first film to show oh. on the festival. Okay. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, they didn't expect that because mm. <laughs> we we had a we had like little time to put it together and yeah. all that. So into that, so that's exciting. And then uh, working a lot. I think I yeah. I already said that I was working a lot, but that film festival got excited. And also, I wanted to talk about something that I just kind of got to get off my chest. Okay. You know when emotional energies. You know how I've always sort of complained about the way that people want you to master their emotional energy. Okay. It's fucking bullshit. All right. If I'm just out there in my day, I'm at work. Some other guy at work came in and then was just like, started the story by saying, so I've been at home this weekend. I guess he's out of state. Mm. I drove home this weekend um, because uh, of that member, like deaths in my family. Mm. As soon as he said that, I immediately clicked out of the entire story. Yeah. It's just like, he told me that there's dead people in the story. He's been sad for this entire weekend. Yeah. The next thing that's going to come out of his mouth is going to make me either upset or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. And then he just kind of kept talking. And I didn't pay attention. And I heard him talk. And he just and I just kind of went like, dude, you started that story with that family members. I can't. I don't have or want the energy mm-hmm. to have to deal with that. And I just had to cut the conversation there. Mm-hmm. Because for the last, like, four days, people have wanted to tell me, like, really heavy shit out of nowhere. With no real prompt and no real permission asked. Mm. They just say the fucked up thing and then leave me to deal with their emotional baggage. Like an, like a fucking emotional terrorist at the airport that just leaves his fucking bag on a pillar and then just takes down the whole fucking gate. Yeah. You know, I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Right. I, wish, I wish there was a way for us to non-rudely say, I don't, like I feel for you, but I don't care. Right now, you know? Yeah. You know that feeling? It's a very, I guess not a specific feeling, but a vague feeling. A vague feeling of frustration and anger at someone that's absolutely sadder than I am. You know? I, 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 um, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a bit opposite on that because, like, I prefer, I would rather have that if it's coming from, like, a real genuine place mm-hmm. than someone like the bullshit. Like, I can't have a conversation that's not real. It was, like, about, oh, it's raining outside or what's weather going to be like tomorrow. Oh, yeah, no, like, and, like, I just don't want the interaction you at know, all. Like, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want the fake interaction either. No. Uh-uh. So but I also like, don't I, want this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer no interaction for the <laughs> yeah. most part, you know, but if, like, if you're giving me some fake bullshit just for the sake of talking, like, small talk, then, yeah, we could just sit in silence for right, that. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to say something that's, like, coming from your heart, it's actually, like, truth and real, mm-hmm. like, regardless of, like, how good or bad it is, I'll accept it because it's your truth, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want to deal with that. But well, it's yeah, just, it's I'll just accept like, your like, truth. I'm though. sorry that you're going through your own thing, but you got a fucking ass for some sort of emotional consent before you throw that shit on me. Yeah. You know, I can't handle that family members every week. Yeah. And I was like, five people, like just something heavy. They mm. would just drop it in. Yeah. And like, I'm a person that just, I like to obsess over conversations. So it, like, it's just in my head. Yeah. And I was just like, just shut the fuck up. And like, I'm having a good time for like the first time in like a, like a year. Mm. Just let me be. I don't need your emotional energy. I mean, yeah. it's just the world we live in. I mean, it's, it's just we we exist amongst other human beings. That's the worst. <laughs> you know? And then, like, someone, like, gets angry at me. It's just like, you seem disconnected. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, no, I am. I am very, I don't care right now. And then they get angry at me because they called me out on me being disconnected. And then just me going like, yeah, no, you're right. And then walking away from the conversation. Okay. Like, I get it. It's not a 
healthy human thing to do. But, you know, you fucking asked me if I was disconnected, and I gave you the moment of truth. Leave mm-hmm. me alone. Anyway. Does that make it? Is that, is that enough to make me sound like an asshole for another two weeks? All right. <laughs> 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 That's it. I just want to get that off my chest. Right. I don't really have an agenda for it. Yeah. Uh, keep complaining at me. I'll just seethe in it in my own rage. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. I, I don't. I don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I, I don't. That was me doing the same thing that I get annoyed at for other people doing to me. No. It's just me. Oh damn! I just <laughs> took us, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm the person who just got unlo- emotional baggage yeah. unloaded on me. I just I realized. I just realized that I was yep. in that position. I, I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> I accept it, but I just I honestly just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I accept it. I, I hear you out. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. So we're just going to sit that down right here. Yep, just going to put it on the table. Yep. I'm not going to uh, be able to help you unpack yeah. any of that. Nope. <laughs> All that's going to unravel my own head. Don't worry, I'll unspool it. Just like a bad VHS tape. I'll take care of it later. But I will I will recognize it. Like I see like you're not making it up. I understand that there is a lot of baggage there. I do see it and I'm, I'm I acknowledge it. Yep. <laughs> but there's right. nothing I can do with that. So let's leave that in the gate and let's see how many people survive that emotional explosion. And uh I'm gonna go ahead and do the spiel. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. And uh, you can find us on iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Music, and uh, Stitcher under the name for film's sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archilla. I don't know why I paused. I, in my he- I said it in my head, mm. and then I was waiting for you to say your thing. Okay. But I didn't pop out my Twitter name. Yep. My Twitter name is at Brian Archilla. I'm at uh, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. hey. And that's it for today's, today's hey. episode. Um, Watch Boogie Nights, uh, it's a really good movie, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.